If you're watching this and you didn't have to wait a while for it to load, chances are you have a stable high-speed internet connection. And though conditions are improving in places like Eastern Ontario, it means you probably don't live rurally. That's why rural high-speed internet access and its impact on both residents and businesses is our focus on today's Eastern Ontario Business Journal podcast. Thanks for joining us on this edition of the Eastern Ontario Business Journal podcast. I'm your host, Phil Gaudreau. Now, your definition of high-speed internet can vary. Most define it as a download speed of at least 7 megabits per second. And if you're in a major municipality, that's not that impressive. Most of the big players offer packages into the gigabits per second range, one gigabit being 1,000 megabits. But if you live in the country or if you cottage there from time to time, maybe you run your business out that way, might not be so fortunate. You might have access to high-speed internet, but it's going to be pricey, and its reliability may not be ideal. It could be based off of satellite, which gets interrupted by storms from time to time. Now, if you're at the cottage and you're trying to take your mind off work, no problem, right? Put another log on the campfire, hit the beach, get back to that inbox another time. But what if you're trying to work from home or from the lake? What if you're trying to run your business without having to make a run into town? What if your job went remote and you're thinking the woods makes a better Zoom background than your basement storage room? Today on the show, we're talking rural internet access in Eastern Ontario. And joining us, we have Jim Pine on behalf of the Eastern Ontario Regional Network, Joe Hickey, the founder, president, and CEO of Rock Networks, and Richard Allen, manager of economic development with Frontenac County. We're going to talk about what governments of all stripes are doing, perhaps should be doing, to improve rural internet access in eastern Ontario, what are some of the challenges in getting high-speed access out to the countryside, and how the pandemic has changed that conversation over the past two years. Before we begin, don't forget to like, subscribe, hit the bell, and stay notified about future videos from the Ottawa Business Journal. First up, we have Jim Pine on behalf of the Eastern Ontario Regional Network. Hi, Jim. Hi, Phil. How are you doing? Oh, doing all right. Thanks for joining us. What is the Eastern Ontario Regional Network? Yeah, that's a really good question. Uh, we get asked it a lot. It's actually uh, an organization. It's a municipal not-for-profit corporation that was set up by a group called the Eastern Ontario Wardens Cox. And for your listeners or, or the viewing members of this podcast, uh, it really is the uh, represents the 13 counties of Eastern Ontario. So from the region of Durham boundary in the west, all the way to the Ottawa River, with the exclusion of the city of Ottawa, uh, the uh, counties that make up that region, um, uh, we call ourselves East Ontario Wardens Caucus. Uh, and it was their um, uh, vision that we needed better connectivity in Eastern Ontario. Uh, and we've been working at it since about 2009. But it's a municipal not-for-profit corporation that brings the federal, provincial, local, and private sectors together to do uh, broadband uh, projects on a region-wide basis. It's about the same area as uh, the province of Nova Scotia that we're trying to serve. Wow, and you know, I don't want at this point to get lost since 2009. So this is not a pandemic-driven thing. This is not even a new problem, right? No. This is something you've been trying to tra tackle for a while. Exactly, it started out as being one of the most important economic development project that uh, the region felt it needed. We recognized back uh, that uh, being connected as a region was absolutely essential. It was long before the pandemic, but uh, it was pretty clear that this was a tool that we all needed in order to grow and prosper in the region. 
So could you tell me a little bit about what advocacy looks like for EORN right now um, and how you're focused on uh, particularly businesses in Eastern Ontario? Yeah, absolutely. We know that uh, because we all do uh, uh, our own uh, assessment of what the business community needs in our counties, but across the region um, for years now, the number one thing that we've heard about is the need for businesses to be able to connect to their customers, to connect uh, to the world uh, um, from their locations around Eastern Ontario. And there are a lot of problems uh, for folks in getting connected in the first place and getting enough bandwidth in the second instance. So. It's a key uh, economic uh, or, or a key tool that business needs in order to grow and prosper, whether you're in the tourism industry or any other kind of business, actually. So are there any particular projects or um, areas of concern, areas of growth um, in that very large Nova Scotia-esque uh, sized area um, that you guys are really paying attention to right now? Yeah, we, we actually, uh, it's everywhere uh, that needs better connectivity, but particularly in our, our rural communities uh, across Eastern Ontario, um, there is, uh, you know, decent connectivity in some of the cities and some of the small towns now as uh, fiber and, and other projects roll out, but we continue to be concerned about uh, good connectivity. And I would include in that, and this is our second project that Ian is doing, mobile uh, mm -hmm. broadband or mobile uh, uh, wireless connectivity, so cell services. And that's really the project that we've got going on now. It's a $300 million public-private partnership to improve cellular uh, access and, and capacities across Eastern Ontario. And our partner is Rogers Communications in this one. So it's a big, uh, a big effort for us right now that's underway. Sure. So um, people can find out more about that project on your website. I was reading a little bit about before uh, our, our interview, but um, what's the what's the latest on that project? Is it uh, is it rolling out at the moment where, where yep. can people learn? Yeah. yeah, there's two parts to that project. I'll be really brief. There's two parts to the project. Rogers has an existing footprint, as you know, uh, across eastern Ontario, about 300 sites that uh, as part of our project, they're upgrading to 5G capable status. So those uh, upgrades on the existing towers are going along really well. We've probably got about 190 uh, or so of the of the 300 done already, so better service. And the second part is building about 265 new cell towers across the region to close the gaps in coverage where we have them. Um, and those are are moving along. We're, we've uh, there's a number that have uh, started construction and will be coming online shortly. Um, but the whole project uh, needs to be done by the end of 2025. It's a big effort, but uh, uh, mm -hmm. we're well underway. Mm -hmm. Now, you mentioned Rogers. Is that specifically benefiting Rogers customers or does that uh, anybody on the network? Uh, well, of course, Rogers will have roaming yeah. agreements uh, right. with other with other partners, but largely it's it was a competitive bid process that we went through mm -hmm. and Rogers came out the end uh, as being a successful uh, partner okay. for us. Okay. Uh, you know, I, I talked about how this has been going on since since 2009 for you guys and, and is going to be kind of an ongoing continuing challenge, especially in a large uh, area like that. But how have you seen the focus uh, and the discussion change around uh, rural Internet access since the beginning of the pandemic? It, it is actually, a, um, I think, highlighted uh, the incredible need for for better connectivity uh, with people staying home with, uh, you know, students wanting to learn online or needing to learn online. Uh, right uh, across the gamut, the health sector is relying on it uh, more and more and more. It's uh, it has only become more important to uh, our region to be uh, the best connected that we can be. We have a goal actually that we set all those years ago to be the best connected region in North America um, because we wow. knew how important it was. Um, 
but uh, it's it's something that it isn't a one and done uh, effort. It, and that's why we're into the cellular side right now. So we have to keep going because uh, the demand for it uh, is exponential and the pandemic uh, only made that uh, more significant. Okay. Jim Pine with the Eastern Ontario Regional Network. Uh, as you say, the demand uh, continues to grow. It continues to uh, uh, expand. It's, it's one of those moving targets that you're, you're never quite uh, done with. Uh, thank you for your uh, observations. Um, I want to get a different perspective on that same matter. Um, so we're going to invite in Joe Hickey, who's the founder, president, and CEO of Rock Networks and a subject matter expert uh, on internet access in rural areas. Joe, welcome to the show. Good morning, Phil. So tell us a little bit about Rock Networks. Yeah, so Rock Networks is a company that I founded uh, really in 2016, and we're an end-to-end -end communication systems integrator offering wireless and broadband solutions. So um, through the history of the company, I've acquired two companies, one in Nova Scotia, uh, both actually in Nova Scotia. Nova Communications I acquired in 2017 uh, to help with the wireless side of the business. Uh, we provide uh, two-way radio communications, broadband, wireless, Wi-Fi networks, uh, capabilities. Uh, we operate nationally, so we have offices in Ottawa, uh, in Lethbridge, Alberta, St. John's, uh, Moncton, New Brunswick, and our largest site is uh, in Dartmouth, uh, Nova Scotia. Uh, in January of last year, I acquired uh, Acadian Communications, a rural wireless ISP in Nova Scotia, to expand our capabilities in, in that area. And uh, as part of that, we transformed to really focus on rural broadband as the key market for the company uh, to bridge the digital divide in Canada. Okay, so the times are changing and you're changing with the times. Uh, good yes. to see. And so did anything that Jim just talked about kind of resonate with with you, especially uh, from the, the internet service provider side, uh, some of the same sort of challenges and demands you're hearing from uh, home and business internet customers? Yeah, so certainly if you think about uh, the transformation that has happened due to COVID, um, work from home it became a necessity because everybody had to work from home. So if you think about in an office environment, a lot of the communications happens on the local area network, right? So, you know, you're sharing files within the office. Now all those files go into the wide area network, right? Every time you send an email, it goes to everybody over the WAN. And so the, the increase in traffic on the network has been staggering, uh, which the telcos have found uh, as well as ISPs. So that's been a bit of a challenge in terms of upgrading the network infrastructure to handle that from an ISP perspective, you need fatter pipes into the network. And so uh, organizations like EORN, which provide kind of a backbone connectivity in the Eastern region, uh, help uh, with the cost of that from an ISP perspective. Okay. Um, that increased focus that uh, has been, you know, I'm sure a blessing in, in disguise, as you say, it's more more work for you guys, but um, but more attention paid to rural internet and, and home internet access. Um, is that attracting more competition? Is that uh, is that proving to be more of a challenge or an opportunity for your business? Well, COVID, uh, we were actually focused on rural broadband before uh, COVID happened. So, uh, but COVID was basically. Uh, a defining event, I guess, in terms of the federal and provincial governments getting on board, uh, compelling event, I guess we would call in sales um, vernacular. Um, since the introduction, since the beginning of COVID, about six months in, 
Ontario announced the Ontario Icon program, originally 150 million, then became 1.2 billion. And then with the accelerated high-speed internet program, Ontario's put up 4 billion to connect Ontarians uh, to a 50-10 connection by 2025. The federal government has 2.75 billion in the Universal Broadband Fund. Plus they've uh, invested 3 billion in Canada Infrastructure Bank to provide low interest loans, uh, including to First Nation communities of which broadband infrastructure is an eligible expense. And then other provinces like Quebec, Alberta and BC have also kicked in, you know, north of $400 million each. Uh, so in the last two years, over $10 billion of investment has come into the market. So that's created a significant opportunity for Rock Networks. We're actually a new entrant into the market. So we become part of the new competitive landscape uh, because now we can afford to build uh, with these government subsidies and low interest loans, these high capacity networks that people are looking for. Awesome. So uh, I think it's safe to say then you're a fan of uh, some of the uh, actions you're seeing from the government in the last few years. Yes, the investments from the federal and provincial governments uh, have been uh, excellent in terms of uh, their focus on bridging the digital divide. Mm -hmm. I, I want to bring some back something Jim said earlier, right, which is this is kind of a moving, I mean, well, okay, maybe I put the words in his mouth, it's a bit of a moving target, but but it does seem like it's a, it's a constant, um, I'll say arms race, right, if we want to be the most connected uh, yep. area in North America, then that requires constant competition, constant innovation. So where do you see this going next? Well, if you look at the history uh, of broadband, you know, when Nova Communications, the company I acquired, built the original broadband in Nova Scotia, it was two megabit down and a half megabit up, right? So that was broadband back in 2007 to 2010. Nice. Yeah. So I, I, I liken speeds to it's sort of like air. Whatever speed you have, you will fill the available pipe, right? Air will fill the available space. And so uh, the trend towards gigabit connectivity is accelerating. More people want uh, more speed. The current definition, I think one area that the government could work on is to uh, you know, focus on enabling even higher speeds beyond 5010. But they're trying to create a national mandate. So not every area is going to get fiber in Canada overnight, right? So, uh, but by 2030, I would see that we'll have a new definition of broadband beyond 5010 that will maybe the baseline will be 100 meg symmetrical uh, type connections because as we get on calls like zoom and teams and 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 those kind of applications the bandwidth up and down needs to be the same so symmetrical type connectivity is going to be more important as we move forward for sure very interesting thank you for your time this morning joe thank you um on on the note of uh, government investment so uh, we invited minister steve clark who's uh, minister of municipal affairs and housing uh, with the province and he's also mpp for leeds grenville thousand islands rita lakes uh, he was unable to attend this morning uh, he did send along a statement which we're going to post uh, in full in the youtube description for this video um, but i did want to read a little excerpt and uh, richard allen uh, who's going to join us in a moment uh, economic development for frontenac county uh, maybe richard uh can we'll have a bit of a take on this as well. So in September 2021, Ontario launched a competitive process led by Infrastructure Ontario, where internet service providers bid for the opportunity to provide access to high-speed internet service for designated areas across the province. The process is nearly finalized and we expect to announce the project soon. This was sent within the last week or so. Um, this will have an enormous impact on closing the gap for homes and businesses that remain underserved. So I hope we'll hear more uh, on that process soon from Minister Clark's uh, office and the Ontario government. Um, in the meantime, I want to welcome on uh, Richard Allen. He's Manager of Economic Development for Frontenac County. Richard. 
Hello. So is high-speed internet access in your area a topic you still hear about regularly from businesses and residents? Uh, it certainly is. We uh, conduct an annual business survey every year um, where we ask our businesses, what is the biggest barrier to um, growing your business or expanding your reach of your business in, in Frontenac County? And uh, access to um, appropriate internet or even any internet uh, is uh, usually the main uh, barrier uh, with about 40% of respondents saying that this is a, a, a key issue for them uh, going forward. And I think that that's only increased since the pandemic has, uh, has, has come into, in, in, into our lives. Mm -hmm. So I bet you're uh, eagerly anticipating those announcements from the province to see if you're going to be getting some uh, some better service in uh, areas like South Frontenac, North Frontenac. Are there, are there particular uh, hot spots in your area that, uh, or, or is it just kind of difficult everywhere? Well, uh, I mean, it is difficult everywhere. We uh, Frontenac County is uh, probably the most rural and with some of the most uh, difficult geography um, in terms of uh, Eastern Ontario, our mm -hmm. population density is much, much lower than many of our neighbors. And uh, we have a, a lot of Canadian shield to work around in terms of uh, laying backbone uh, networks down. And I'm sure uh, Jim Pine, who was on here earlier, is very familiar with all of that. Mm -hmm. um, so that uh, so we'll be interested to see what kind of bids come through that can overcome some of these obstacles uh, for our communities. So um, is internet access in, particularly in your area, but but in rural eastern Ontario, uh, at this point, dragging uh, economic growth, do you think is a deterrent to businesses and remote workers? Yeah, I certainly do. Um, we have a, an incredible set of lakes and trails and outdoor uh, lifestyle here. Um, but in order to enjoy that or um, it, it's uh, and, and work from home, uh, we have to have that connectivity, whether that's uh, running your own business. So we have uh, something about 40% of our businesses are um, uh, either are entrepreneurs or small businesses run from the home or, or self-employed businesses in, in, in Frontenac County. So we have a high level of this uh, independent uh, business work and uh, happening. And so we need to have uh, uh, support for those folks to connect. And then um, access to services um, are, is becoming more and more over the internet. Training is done over the internet or um, courses is done over the internet. And so having uh, connectivity to engage in uh, you know, the various uh, web conferencing platforms to participate in these webinars or to learn to run simultaneous streams, it's almost impossible. Um, and uh, you, you, you just have to live stream any of our council meetings to kind of get a sense of some of those difficulties. Mm -hmm. So we're hearing, you know, a lot of great rhetoric from all governments, uh, as uh, Joe summed up for us nicely, um, at, at a lot of different levels, um, saying we're investing in broadband access, we're investing in high speed internet access. Um, would you say the rhetoric around dollars and investment is being matched with action um uh, certainly there uh, you know we're, we're seeing results uh, and hoping to see results come from the uh, the mobile uh, projects uh, led mm -hmm. by uh, eorn and, and we're uh, we're we're a participant in that in that project um uh, from a broadband uh, standpoint we we have yet to sort of see uh, what might come out of that? So we are we are waiting. Um, 
some of the things that we're considering is uh, what we might be able to do to help um, make bids more attractive in our region um, and, and through, uh, you know, making municipal assets available or uh, looking at uh, other types of sort of last mile incentives to kind of help make that work uh, in our community. And uh, we'll be doing some research over the course of this year to kind of bring forth uh, and, and see what kind of bids are sort of emerging to see if we're, we're part of that and if we're, if we're happy with that so that we can decide how to make that last mile happen for us. Okay, I'll just have to promise them some of the uh, delicious goodies coming out of Frontenac County these days. Uh, maybe that'll, that'll help, uh, it's possible, anything will work. <laughs> Uh, Richard Allen, thank you for your time from Frontenac County. That's all the time we have this week to discuss this important topic. I want to thank uh, Jim Pine from the Eastern Ontario Regional Network. I want to thank Joe Hickey from Rock Networks. And I also want to thank Richard Allen, who you just heard from, from Frontenac County, for joining us to discuss this important topic. For more on rural broadband access and all sorts of business news affecting Eastern Ontario, you'll want to head over to obj.ca. The Eastern Ontario Business Journal podcast is made possible by these sponsors. The City of Cornwall, the County of Leeds-Grenville, County of Renfrew. Join us in August when we discuss hiring, different strategies for diversifying your workforce and meeting hiring gaps. Until next time, I'm Phil Godreau. Thanks for joining us.